How are we starting? We're going to do our snaps. Are we starting with an intro or hello and welcome to Talking Too Loud with Chris Savage? That's what we always do. That's what we're talking about. I think we should say that. And like, and we're here in my house in person. <laughs> yeah. And then. I'm not going to do that. Don't worry. Okay. Let's just figure it out. Yeah. Okay. We'll get our way through All it. All right. Ready? Yep. Okay. But we're going to snap three. three times. So oh, one, snap three two, times? three. Snap, snap, snap. Okay. 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 One, two, three. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, here we go. Are you you good? We ready? We're ready to go. Pause for camera. Go to two. Hello, and welcome to Talking Too Loud with Chris Savage. I'm your host, Chris Savage. I'm joined by Sylvie LeBeau. Here, IRL. But in person, that's right. This is wild. We're in my kitchen in real life. With the fireplace. With the fireplace. Wood is stacked. And wood is good. Wood is good. The wood is good. Um, and um, for those listening, <laughs> there's a fireplace here. And the fireplace has wood in it. And it's to look... I think we got to do this again. No. Oh, you have pushed through. Um, yes. it was. It's made to look pretty on camera. So... Why is that? Yeah. Because today we're shooting... Um, we're shooting on video. This is the first time. Yes. First time this podcast is also being shot on video. It is the first time, and it is the first time we're in person, the first time being shot on video. Um, it's also the 25th episode. Yeah. And it marks almost a year to the day since when the first episode came out. That's crazy. Yeah. When you really think about it. It's awesome. It's it's we've never had anything like this. Like the closest thing has been like back in the day at Wistia when we wrote blog posts consistently and we still do that, but like that's yeah. the only thing that's like lived on in the same format. When we started, did you think that we were going to get here? I hoped we would. I mean, I think actually yeah. part of the goal was that we want a show that can bring people a little bit behind the curtain into the conversations that are already happening. Um, the ones that I'm having with folks like inside at Wistia, really with peers and leaders and stuff like outside of the company. Um, and we wanted a format that would live on because we wanted to explore and test and learn. Yeah. And um, a lot of the stuff we've tried has been like, you know, five episodes of something here, massive documentary, um, 20 part video series like show business, like these really big things. And we said, can we do something in a way where we are so confident it can keep going that we can figure out how to match like the voice and the show to the audience and the format and we can actually like change and evolve as we go. And so yeah, I really hoped you'd be here after a year. And honestly, it's been so easy and fun to do. So fun. Yeah, that it doesn't feel like work. Like it's just yeah. like hanging out. I, when we started, I was like, well, I came from podcasting, but yeah. like a very different kind. It was not a two-way interview show. It was non-narrated audio. And I was like, uh, I hope I can do this. Yeah. And it's been such a treat, like all pandemic long to just vibe out and like do this interview show with all kinds of guests, um, content creators, entrepreneurs, and then like also like become friends. Yeah. We're buddies. No, it's awesome. And it, it is actually interesting when you said like all pandemic because like we started this. Truly. In March, 2020. Yeah. And then we kind of like, as the surges and waves of of COVID came, yeah, we were still consistently doing this. So it was like it's like this time capsule of this like stressful and then easier and then you got COVID and like all these things like happened. Yeah, 
Um, so it's kind of cool to have had this like consistent drum beat that we have as a record, but also like have like forged a friendship like through doing it. Yeah. Wow. That yeah. was really nice. Yeah. A little time capsule. Yeah, a little time capsule. Still building it. Still, still, still going. Still building this capsule. Um, but yeah, so today, this is the 25th episode. Lucky number 25. Lucky 25. <laughs> that's, that's what they say. That's what they say. Um, you're here in person. And no, I'm you an illusion. Okay. Mm-hmm. You making fun of my aphantasia again? No. Nope. Okay. Um, and we're here to get a little meta, a little show about the show. We're going to do it. Classic. People loved it last time. Classic. Classic Wistia. <laughs> Classic Wistia. Um, yeah, so we're going to be talking today about like reflections on the show and stuff we've learned and stuff we're trying to do to make it better and how what the process has been like. And then we're going to close it out at the end uh, by talking about summer sizzlers. Ooh. We've got our hot summer Too sizzlers. Hot. Um, and we're in person. We've got Silent Adam in person, though he may Where not be, he may not be silent, silent today. Adam? No, I'm definitely not going to be silent yeah. today. <laughs> so today we're going to have Silent Steve with us. Silent Steve-o. <laughs> Steve-o. Yeah. Steve-o. Steve-o. There always has to be someone in silence. Someone must, someone must be in silence. Silent. In the cone of silence. <laughs> Steve-o, now I feel like you, you want to say something. <laughs> I know. He's like, he's, he's like, like, don't say anything. Don't say anything. His mouth went. Bleh. Yeah. <laughs> Everything about him is trying to, to say something. <laughs> His being is just trying to burst out. Um, okay, so let's talk about the show. Like, yeah. how are you feeling? What do you what do you, what do you think? Started from the bottom, now we're yeah. here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, our first episode was with Joanne Chang. And I remember being really nervous. And like, even as I was writing the interview brief, I remember being really nervous. And I, it's funny to think back to that interview where it felt very much like, question answer question even though we had talked about the fact that we wanted it to feel very casual and very much like this is a conversation that we could have in your living room right i remember like i couldn't inject that casualness yeah into the brief and i feel like even though we got great stuff with joanne and she's amazing it didn't quite have the vibe that I think we were envisioning. Yes. And I think like from the first episode to the episode we did right before this one with Brent Grinna, like you can really see the evolution of like injecting that informality into the interview itself. Yeah. Which is interesting because like we set out to have these conversations and your default mode, at least my default mode as an interviewer is like, all right, I need questions. Yeah. The questions need to be thoughtful. Yeah. What's this person an expert on? Okay, let's get them talking about that stuff, which all makes sense. Mm-hmm. But then if you ask them the same question, everyone else always asks them, and we're none of us are good actors. So like you can't really fake <laughs> right. it, right? So it's like people are like, they tell you the best version of their answer, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but like if it's an entrepreneurial show and people are always on other entrepreneurial shows, they're gonna say the same thing over and over. It's just not you don't it doesn't have the life in it versus like yeah, the Grinna episode, he's recording on an iPhone. He's in his RV, his Grinnabago, <laughs> um, getting real and getting real. getting real like quickly. Yeah. Um, which has been awesome because I feel like that's the closest thing to the actual conversation that like Brent and I would have. Yeah. It's even funny today, right? Like we were setting up the cameras and getting ready to go and you and I couldn't help ourselves. And we're right. just like telling stories and ripping on stuff. And like as much as possible, my thought is like, God, we have to get this stuff on the show but how do you actually get in the show? Because it feels so different. It even, does. Even when you know you're, you've hit record, it's like right. your brain is like puts like a filter on. Yeah. And it's just like slow it down half a beat to make sure that stuff makes sense. And it's like 
fluid and it's telling the arc we want to tell, but that also makes it inherently like harder, I think, to make that conversation as genuine. Yeah. And I was thinking about it from like a producer standpoint, but I'm curious, like from an interviewer standpoint, like how are you trying to lose that filter? Do you feel like you have lost that filter? I think sometimes I can lose it. And it's when I forget that we're recording. It's Mm -hmm. like when I'm actually in it and we're talking about stuff that I really want to learn about or Mm -hmm. I'm just excited to talk about, then that kind of turns off. Um, But it is hard. And it's also funny, you and I have talked about this, but like, on this show, I'm the interviewer, but I'm on a lot of other podcasts been, and I have been interviewed a lot and been a guest. And it is a very funny thing because sometimes as a guest, if you're a guest a lot, it's super easy. You don't oh, do any yeah. prep. You just go in, you tell your little stories and you're super like confident, at least in my case, like, I don't know if you know that, but <laughs> uh, I go in there you? pretty confident, pretty optimistic. Yeah. And it's on the interviewer side, you're like, oh God, what if I don't have the right question? Yeah. And the funny thing I think sometimes is like, well, if you're just like having a random conversation with somebody, do you have like questions ready? Like, is there even a right question? I guess that's the point is like, sometimes that's where you get screwed up mm-hmm. is you try to make it formulaic. You try and then inherently, hard. you're trying to like script out a perfect conversation from yeah. the beginning and it's hard to, and it's, it's, a balance. it's impossible to do it up yeah. front. It's a balance. You need the prep work. You need the prep work, yeah. right? You need, you need it to be sort of like your first draft should be like formulaic and then you almost like deconstruct it. You're like, all right, these are kind of like the notes. These yeah. are the beats. Yeah. And like, find your way there. Well, we tried that in the last episode. And it was right? great. Yeah. Where we said, we realized that you and I are t- having yeah. this conversation similar to this <laughs> right now, almost exactly the same. Meta, meta, meta. meta. Um, and we were talking about like the fact that a- we both have seen that a lot of times when we ask the guest what's got them talking too loud. They're not normally asked that question. Right. Um, and so we end up getting like real stuff from them. And it- I feel like it's so classic because some of these guests like were so different after we recorded. After we stopped. But we said the talking to that question and then it ended and then suddenly we just kept talking. Yeah. And then I always think to myself, damn it, like that's the part that should be the show. Right. So can we flip it around? That's what we try with Brent. It's like right. to do that up front and bring him into the conversation. And guess what, listeners? You're going to hear way more of that, right? Yeah. That's the plan. That's the plan. That's the plan. Moving yeah, forward. Think, yeah, I think like two was like oh, a couple things. Silent that- Adam wants to come join I- us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, come I'm on. Jumping in. In. I'm yeah. jumping in. I'm jumping in now. Nice. I want to jump in. There's a couple of things that you guys said that I think is like kind of interesting. And one is like you're talking about where we were at the first episode versus today. And I think like that's so common, right? Like lots of people who want to embark on a creative project, they're looking at a lot of aspirational content mm-hmm. and they're looking at something yeah. that they see now today that they've fallen in love with. Yeah. But almost universally, if you listen to the first yep. season, the first episode, it's way different than where they have arrived in the thing that you've fallen in love with. Yeah. And so I think that's so common to see that growth. And it doesn't take away from how special the early stuff is either. Like you said, like right. those early interviews are awesome. But that is, I think, the whole point of what you're saying. Hey, we want to do this over the course of a long period of time because that's what gives you that room to evolve. The other thing that's kind of interesting is, um, yeah, I was curious about like going into the series last April that was like the the impetus for the show was I'm having all these conversations. Yeah, I want right. to hit record on them. Yeah. Do you feel like you're getting to that? Do you feel like you're getting that more consistently? Do you feel like you've gotten to it at all? Yeah, I think we have gotten to it sometimes. I think that the the best stuff is like when we're having a conversation with somebody about a thing that we're actually dealing with at Wistia. Mm-hmm. It's like the thing that I'm trying to stretch on at that moment and learn about. 
and I am just sitting there dying to get the answers or dying to have the conversation. I think also we've had uh, conversations that were just so interesting that I didn't expect. Like the one with Joe Brum from Bluey, I was like really excited to have him on, but like I did not expect us to talk about what it feels like to like watch your kids grow up. Yeah, to watch your kids grow up and how that like creatively the life force of his kids and being close to them and like how that was a, a, him grappling with like, can I keep making this thing if I don't understand the the audience as well as if I won't understand it as well, which like I feel like applies to so many people's careers. Yeah. Uh, which is just so interesting. And so, yeah, I feel like I'm definitely getting some of it. And like uh, even the, the switching the question to be up front, the goal of that is to get there faster. Because mm -hmm. I feel like so many conversations when you're talking to somebody who's an expert and you go deep on their thing could be so interesting. And whenever we get there in the conversation, then I feel like it gets like super exciting because yeah. um, we're actually learning. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, talking about the Joe Brum episode, it was interesting because I felt like the conversation actually allowed him to like articulate something yeah. that he'd been kind of like turning over in his brain. And maybe he's like spoken about it like with close friends and family, but it didn't feel like he had spoken about it very often. Yeah. And like those moments are like so beautiful yeah. and so real. I also wonder if it's like just more open in the creative industry. I don't but know. I don't know. Cause I think like you have somebody on like Walter that happened with Walter. Yeah. Walter right? yeah. did that. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was like really cool. Um, yeah. I mean, I think for anybody listening, like that's what we're always after is like, how can we get that feeling of the conversation you normally have when you're not, when you know you're not being recorded, yeah. right? you know, and there's always going to be a balance well, there, but yeah, I guess it's, I think that Walter one is a really good example because he said a lot of stuff that he's unsure about, mm -hmm. that he's concerned about. Right. He's a leader. He's an investor. Right. Like he has a team and he was amazingly not self-conscious enough. That he, he could like, say those things. He like was, he was self-conscious, but was kind of like, F it. But I think the funny thing is so often, right? Like if you are on a team, yeah. it's a small team. Yeah. People are like, how are you doing? You're like, I'm really stressed about this thing. You like tell them the truth. Yeah. Then they're like, oh, you are? And you go in depth and then they have more respect because you're being vulnerable. Like yeah. you're putting it out there. But so much of podcasting and interview shows or whatever is people not being vulnerable, right? Like a little bit, that's what we're talking about. It's like- Well, being that there's a performative element yeah. to it for sure. Yeah. And I think the vulnerability thing, not everybody can get there. No. Um, but I, yeah, I guess what we are talking about and sort of like saying the same thing in a lot of different ways is that when those vulnerable moments happen, whether it's like for you, for me, for our guest, yeah. it's like, that's it. Like something like magical kind of happens. It's funny though, because you and I were just talking about other podcasts. Yeah. And I was talking about Smartless. Yes. And which I finally listened to. And you're right. I laughed so hard. It's I cried. It's very, very funny. But a lot of the questions in that show. Yeah. I'm like shocked that yeah. they're asking. Oh, they just go for it. They just, they ask like a question that you'd think no one would ever answer. And then they do. And you're like, wow, I'm like brought in in this different way. And it was very, it's very cool because in that case, like, you know, every guest, you know, yeah. all the hosts, like they're all famous people. Yeah. I listened to the one with David Cross and it was just, I mean, so funny, but also, yeah, really raw and really like unexpected. Yeah. Well, it's a thing to aspire to, I think, is like to get the questions and the conversation to like 
you know, ask the stuff that's going to be raw and let people decide not to answer if they don't want to answer it. Well, to Adam's point, right? Like he was talking about going from like the first to the 25th, right? And like aspirational content. Um, But it's kind of cool that like 25 in, you can still keep aspiring to, right? Like you can still kind of keep pushing and developing concepts and ideas and growing and changing. And I love that. Well, I feel like that's like you were talking before about like, where does your optimism come from? And part of it is like the long term view, because it's like if this episode's horrendous and terrible, as long as people tell us that. Yeah. I'm like, All right. Like, then we'll just make the next one better. That's because we're gonna make so a lot of them. refreshing. I just don't think about the world like that. If you, I don't know. It's just been like, you know, when we started Wistia, we thought we were going to do this for six months. I've told you the story before. Mm-hmm. And I've told the story publicly a lot. But like, we honestly thought yeah. that this could be six months and then we would sell the company. Right. Or we would fail and we'd just tell no one that we've ever tried. That was the plan because we're so afraid of like failure. Yeah. And then once we started doing it, we're like, wow, it's really fun. And then we got traction after like six, seven years in. It's a super long time. Yeah. And I was enjoying it so much, like the the process of trying to build a company. I'm like, wow, like is this the secret? Is the secret just being able to figure out how to continue to do it? Mm-hmm. Which ultimately is like how the work is done and having like a super long-term view. Right. But yeah, it, it, that is definitely part of like how I think about challenges and how I think about building things and the speed bumps that you hit is like, as long as you have a long enough term view, you can basically fix anything. Yeah. I, I mean, I... I really admire that, like for realsies. I admire that because I think I, I'm someone that's like, if something is bad, I'll be like, oh, it's bad forever. Like it's ruined. It's like so dumb. Well, you're not it's giving so yourself a chance. You're not giving right. yourself a chance. Right. Yeah. Give, Give yourself a chance. a chance. Yeah. Well, it's also, I think that sometimes like being that long-term focused, you know, people talk about some people being unlucky and some people yeah. being lucky. And like a lot of it is just like, giving yourself the opportunity to be lucky, right? Like, which the opportunity exists when you're still doing it. But like, Mm -hmm. if you give up, then you can't Can't get get lucky. lucky. You can't run into that person who knows where your company's are. That's (laughs) why you always play the lotto. No, Um, I do only, I play lucky sevens. Do you ever play scratch offs? Um, Those are my scratch offs of choice. So how often are you playing these? (laughs) And what's the biggest sum you've won? $27. $27. I've been playing for 10 years and never won once. No, $27, $27. Okay, that was big money. Good. But like what I like about Lucky Sevens, it's modest. Like you can only win like $2,700, period. Very modest. Yeah, yeah very mm-hmm. modest. <laughs> You're like, uh, very <laughs> modest. And how often are you playing this? Well, pre-pandemic, I was scratching a lot. Really? I got the itch a lot. <laughs> Wow, you're just putting this out there. Okay, yeah. all right. How much are we scratching like daily, weekly, no, monthly? Like one, once a week. Fortnightly? Fortnightly. Good <laughs> sir. Um, once a week, I'd say. Once a week, wow. Once a week, I got the itch. Adam? I do maybe a scratch off maybe once a year, once every other year. Oh I'm not, my God. You know, not it. No. no, I like give them to friends when they get married. I'm like, here. <laughs> That's the gift. Like the used ones? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the used ones. No money here. Here's $27 <laughs> yeah. that I want. Here's this. I here's seven here's, here's a losing ticket. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Okay. Here's a losing ticket. No. Uh, hey, I want to bring it back to the show. And uh, one of the things that you said was like, it's you feel really fired up when you're 
thinking about things at Wistia, mm. you know, and like, yeah. and so I guess I wonder like across the season so far, across the series so far, uh, you know, what are those, are there things like, what are your biggest takeaways from like some of this, from the last year of having interviews? Are there things that like really, like as it relates that to you Wistia? sort of think about a lot now, or is, you know, you're, it's playing into how you're leading, how you're, mm. um, yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff at Wistia that like, I learn or get excited about or I want to do differently. And then the question is like, how do you codify it? Like, how do you put it into the processes of the company? Mm -hmm. um, how do you put it into the culture? And a lot of the stuff, like when I go back to the beginning of the show, talking to Joanne about resilience, right? Mm -hmm. And like, just like how much resilience she had to have and Flower had to have to overcome the beginning of the pandemic was extremely different than Wistia. Right, like Wistia was like nerve wracking for like five, six weeks. Right. And then we realized people were using more video. So it was not nerve wracking. But for her, it was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to get anyone to come back. I don't know how they're, they, you know, we rely on people coming into the store and seeing this, seeing the food, but for them to buy it, like we have to replace this with our social game. And that means I'm going to be in there and putting myself on like the front line. And like, I feel like her resilience empowered me um, for months. And talking to Nick Francis about remote versus in-person versus hybrid. You know, we've built our whole plan for reopening and we've talked a lot about like, yeah, we're going to be a hybrid workplace, but we're going to be crystal clear about the things that are in person. Because I think that's like a key insight. And like that conversation, which everyone's been having, I felt super lucky to have with him early on, especially because like they were actually experienced at solving this problem. But then the last few episodes, the stuff from Joe about his career, the stuff from Brent about the balance of like what he wants in his life versus like what's the right thing for the company. The, all of these things have been um, questions and thoughts that have made their way into like how I'm living my life and like how I'm running Wistia. So it's super intertwined, which I think is what makes it very rewarding. Like we've done 25 episodes. It's been a year. Yeah. Are we going to keep doing it? Yes. Are we going to keep learning from it? Yes. But like, I get questions sometimes from folks that are like, well, how do I start? And you know, how do I get the sign off? Or how do we think about the risk? And a lot of the times, like, I think that people undervalue the payoff of the learning that can come from making something consistently um, and the reward that can come from that. Because like the conversations that we end up having, like when the, there's always a nugget that's valuable, but as long as we get there, it's almost always worth the time of doing Absolutely. the conversation. And then it's an amazing bonus that there's an audience like listening. And if it resonates with them, they share it with other people. Mm -hmm. And all of this like compounds. So it ends up ultimately being like, is it worth me doing an hour long call with this person on this day? And if I come out of that saying yes, then the whole show's worth it. When you think about it in that moment, it's actually really easy to keep going. It's really easy to green light something. It's really easy to try it. But a lot of times we start by searching for the thing Adam was talking about earlier, which was like, you the see final the eighth, product. You see the yeah. final product at the end of the eighth season or whatever. And like, yeah. this thing's amazing. And it's like, yeah, it, di it didn't start amazing. It got there iteratively. So if you know that, right. the question is like, how do you create the system that you can actually keep going? It's like, yes, I completely agree. And I feel like even someone listening could kind of write that off as a cliche, you know, like, yeah. like the meaning of trying or like, like the, the meaning the journey of learning. Matters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it, really does that's all we've got right damn dude no it is no true, it, is, it is it is, is the it is, journey i mean i feel like yeah. it's so it is so cliche i know but that's what i'm saying like i know like a listener is like oh this again but i like i i 
like really came into this so blind, like didn't know Wistia as a company, didn't know you, didn't know that I could produce an interview show. And like, here we are and we're doing it and I'm still learning. And like, it's been hard and fun and there's room to grow even more. Have you ever heard this? Like if you're getting feedback, um, this is just in general, but like for someone to take feedback and actually grow from it, you have to know that the person cares about you who's giving you the feedback. Oh, this is the King Radcan, Scott. Radcan, radical candor. Radcan. But also, you need to have a network around you mm-hmm. so that you know that like in that moment, you're getting the tough feedback, that your network will support you as you yeah. work through it. And I do think that that's something that like is another key. It's kind of what I heard and what you're just saying of like, well, I didn't know I was going to be able to do this and this would be hard and fun. But like, it's the hard moments, right? That you- Guess you can who go my to network ju- is. Who? This guy. Yeah, this guy over here. Silent Adam. But like it just how much that matters it's in so terms matters. of the growth, right? Like it's how so do matters. we how do we grow through making the show better, promoting it better, getting guests to be more vulnerable, like all of that stuff is like comes back ultimately to like getting the feedback and realizing we should improve. And yeah. then the layer beneath it, which is like, do we have the solid network to help us through it? Amazing. Sylvie, do you do you have moments from the show from the last year interviews that like things that have stuck with you? I mean, like the biggest thing, and I think this comes up in a lot of the entrepreneur conversations, is this idea of like perceived risk and yeah. like taking risk. And it kind of relates back to like you're such an optimist. And I I wouldn't say I'm a pessimist. I have a healthy dose of like New York cynicism and Jewish pessimism. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say that like doing the show, I, f- I feel like I have taken more risks just by listening to you and like- Really? Guests. Yeah, truly, truly, That's truly. Awesome. Do you think it's changed? Do you think anything, thinking about like, you said you were like really nervous about coming in. You didn't know this space. And that was, I think, part of the point. I love that that's part of the <laughs> right. point of the show is that you just don't know this space. I think that's great. Like I'm like, what's sass? <laughs> <laughs> but um, when you're really sassy. I got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how is your how is your production style change? How is it like pre- preparing for the show from day one till episode twenty five or episode twenty four, episode twenty six? We're about to do. Yeah. What's what changes have you noticed? Well, and I, I was kind of talking about this before, but like I felt like my interview questions used to be very like one, two, three, yeah. four, five, and now it's like, like the count. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Just channeling Sesame Street. Yeah, yeah. So immediately. hard. Yeah. Um, and now it's more like, what are some like threads we can pull on? Um, and also like getting to know the Wistia landscape and the SaaS world and the sort of content marketing world, being able to kind of identify when there's an overlap between like something that I've read about a guest and something that I know that Wistia is like either launching or Mm. grappling with. Um, I feel like those are probably the two biggest ways that I've seen my production change. I think I'm still intimidated by gear. (laughs) Um, When we recorded on Clubhouse, I was like losing my damn mind. Um, So... I think a personal goal of mine is to just like 
get a little bit more comfortable with like kind of messing up, mm-hmm. kind of being like, oh, hit the microphone. Like I do that plenty. Yeah. But then I think I always have to like, um, it's like a tick. Like I have to say it like, oh, I, I, I messed that up and just like let it roll. Yeah. Let it roll. So, yeah. Well, it's kind of back to the risk thing a little bit. It too. is. No, yeah. it totally is. Yeah. It's just like getting more comfortable with like, oh, yeah, that happened. Keep going. It is funny that what you're saying about perceived risk because you're right that that is like extremely common thread in the show. Yeah. Like, and that it is something that like a lot of entrepreneurs end up just like they reframe risk entirely. Yeah. And then they just go about their merry way and they don't see it as special that they've reframed it. But I do think that that's like almost like part of the heart of the show is showing people that you can reframe risk. To Sylvie's point, do you think that that's like an inherent trait that that's just something somebody does? Or do you think that that's like cultivated? Yeah. Both. I think both. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to do it. Um, And a lot of the people we've talked to are not, they're entrepreneurs who didn't just start. Like they're entrepreneurs who've been at it for a while. And I do think that factors into how you think about it. Because I remember the early days of Wistia, we were changing the website. And it's probably like three years in and we're going to put the pricing on the website with the pricing had been on the website and we're going to make it much more clear what the product does. And we were terrified of getting- To be that explicit? To be super explicit. And also to every word that went on the site, we were just like, it's got to be perfect. Like we have to make it like a million people are going to see this because once we put this up there, so many people are going to see it. (laughs) And of course, no one saw it. Like no one was coming to the site. It didn't really matter. But we were so afraid of like the risk that it was like causing us to go super, super slowly. Yeah. And I'm not suggesting go make your copy shit. But what (laughs) I am suggesting is that like if your copy's wrong, as long as you could learn, like you didn't really hurt anything. Yeah. And I remember when we realized like, oh, if the pricing's wrong, well, our market should be so big that if our pricing's wrong and we learn, we'll just change the price. And yeah, maybe there's a few thousand customers we didn't get, but there should be like many tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands more we can get in the future. And it, it does make you feel way more confident like acting with less information. Yeah. I guess the way I think about Adam's question, risk exists on a spectrum. And I think entrepreneurs inherently have a higher threshold for risk. Yeah. But I do think like building a startup, like you were saying before, you kind of learn to push that threshold even more every single day. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's both. I, I think it's inherent and I think it's 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 a muscle that you stretch. I mean, when people start stuff, they know like I'm starting it and I'm doing this instead of something else. Right. So there's like the opportunity cost, which you have to get comfortable with the risk of that. Right. But I think a lot of times the mistake that people make is like they think they are going to do it for a short period of time because they're going to know if it's going to work instantly. They're going to, you just come up with a timeline. You're like, I'm going to know in six months. I'm going to know in a year. Like, come on. Like, I'm going to know. And then you don't. And when you don't know in a year and you don't know in two years or you don't know in four years, uh, you start, it's, it just, you have to reframe the way you think. Yeah. But then ultimately, when you get there, it's like a cheat code. So it's kind of like how quickly can you get that long-term view? Mm-hmm. Like even in like if this startup fails, I'll do another one. Right. I guess another way of saying that is like how long can you kind of tolerate uncertainty? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know.
So we're at episode 25. Sure. Been at this a year. Yeah. Ooh, my stomach keeps doing noises. <laughs> <laughs> Just growling. Just... It's like... <laughs> I did hear that one. <laughs> I know. That one was really loud. We're keeping that in. No, please. No. <laughs> Uh, when you think about like the next year, the next 25 episodes, what are your goals? What do you think? Like, where do you want to push the show? You know, do you want to push it anywhere? Do you feel like we're headed where we want to be headed? Yeah. I think before we started, my initial thought was like, all right, we need the biggest guests we can get. Yeah. And my opinion has changed on that. Yeah. You're like big guests. Great. But like, actually, if, the, if we get a really big guest and they can't be vulnerable, they can't actually share the real shit. Like, it's not actually going to be good. Yeah. So I think that has changed a lot in terms of what I want from the show. So um, like for the next 25, you're like, just crack the vulnerability. I think crack that, get people really going and sharing stuff that like has actually worked and actually not worked. Um, let's talk about stuff that we don't have all the answers to. Right. And, you know, let's make sure that we do it the way that we do, which is like fun and casual and like the way we would have a conversation with somebody here if they're staying on the couch. Right. Uh, and I think if we do that, we'll make great content. Yeah. Um, and I think if I don't know, but it's like a little bit of the, you know, if, if you're starting a podcast from scratch, you're like, all right, let me get a big guest here who has an audience here. And right, the big right, guest right. here is like, oh, my God, we've got all these downloads. And like, and this is definitely the slow burn approach. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel really confident that's the right way to go because we can tell. We've had people on the, the show who are not crazy well-known, but people mention those episodes. And I'm like, oh, this episode really good. Yeah. And it's like, it's good because the content was good. Yeah. I mean, I think for the next 25, what's going to be really interesting is that, like, for the first 25, it was really focused on navigating the pandemic. Yeah. And, like, there was a lot of ground to cover there because it was brand new. And now we're in this new iteration of, like, kind of post-pandemic and navigating that and there's going to be a lot of ground to cover there so i feel like i don't know i'm i'm just excited to kind of get into a different topic related yeah but different yeah and i think the other thing that i'm excited about is just like making some some more stuff out of like the countless hours that we spend recording that never makes it to air we're going to make some sick stuff, <laughs> aren't we? Yeah. Oh, huh? I guess what I'm saying is there's room for us to try something a little bit different. Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe it does. But I think I- I'm excited to just like push a little bit more there on like bonus content. Yeah. A lot of that stuff has been stuff that we've had great reactions to. Yeah. That we just like had no plan for. No plan. And uh, there is a lot of that content. <laughs> <laughs> We got real there. Yeah, that got talking too loud. Yeah, we got real. We got real. We got real. We got really real. That was cool. That was different. We got vulnerable. Got all the things. But that does mean as we wrap up this section. Headed into our next part. Very excited. Very excited for Summer Sizzlers. (laughs) (laughs) These are our top post-pandemic activities slash food, slash things to try. Yes, all to be done this, this summer, summer. Summer 2021. Go big or uh, go home, baby. You got to get out there. You got to enjoy life. You got to celebrate. You got to see your people. You got to see your people. And so I think it's time to roll. And I think, uh, Sylvie, 
We're going to do one, yes. two, three, four, five. The count came back. The count is back. The count came back. One, one two, two, three, three four, four, five. five. Everybody in the hall. Here we go. go. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, look, I wrote mine. Okay, I obviously didn't. Mine are Got on my a little phone. Summer Sizzler card. Summer Sizzler. Summer Sizzler. So, um, why don't you do your first Summer Sizzler? Okay. And then I'll do mine, yeah. and we'll go to the, like our we'll best. We'll go one and one? Yeah. Okay. All right. Listeners, Savage, mm-hmm. first Summer Sizzler, get yourself up to Maine mm-hmm. for some oysters and some lobster rolls. There's a little... Uh, a note, like an asterisk, a footnote, if you will. Lobster roll prices are surging this year. Mm. Okay, so you got to so buy them you got, now. You got to just like start saving. Yeah, start saving those pretty pennies, and like be prepared to spend. I don't know, thirty bucks on a on a lobster roll. Wow, just be prepared. A lot of cash. Yeah, a lot of cash. Be flush with cash when you. You can when use you head crypto though too if you want. Hey. Correct place. Yeah. Bitcoins and lobster rolls. All right. Well, my first one. Yeah. Is skin tone tinted sunscreen. <laughs> what Get even? It. So, you know, we're going to be outside a lot. Yeah. You're trying to enjoy the outdoors. Sure, sure. Um, but you don't want to get a burn. I don't know if you know anything about that, Sylvie. I mean, too soon, Savage. Okay, sorry. Too soon. Uh, Sylvia has a horrible sunburn on her face. Did you have to tell everyone? <laughs> well, not everyone they can, can see. see it. Not everyone can see. They can see. <laughs> Um, um, the but one day. I, I've come to really enjoy. I feel like you really should be sunscreening yeah. up. You got to protect the skin. Yeah. Um, you only get one body, and then you don't want to Zuckerberg yourself. I don't know if you've seen the the photos of Zuckerberg oh, out there surfing. He got just sucked. Like, yeah, he got totally. Zucked. Apparently, he did that to try to pretend it wasn't him. I don't. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But um, you can so get just... you can get sunscreen in like every skin tone, and you put it on, and it doesn't look like you wear anything. I like it. Yeah, that's my first. Stay one. protected. Okay. All Back right. to you. Um. This isn't in like a, we're, this isn't ranked, right? Sure. Mine's ranked, but yeah, go ahead. Well, was From that like your, That was my worst one. That was your worst one? Yeah. No, but like my lobster roll was a good one. Uh-huh. It was a good one. I wouldn't have probably started with that if I were you. Shoot. <laughs> I didn't know we were going ranking. So no, you don't have me, to rank. You don't have to rank. Okay. It's not about ranking. It's all right, about, okay, it's about okay, all these things. It. Yeah. I got it. Okay. Find a friend. Okay who owns a swimming pool and just never leave. Like, like move into that house. Listeners, Chris Savage owns a swimming pool. <laughs> Is this never you telling leave. me that you're here for the summer? I'm here all That's why you have a giant, long. that's why you have an absolute giant bag with you? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, just, hey, I'm just here for the afternoon, uh, you know, but actually just kidding, I'm gonna be here. my, yeah. you know, multiple duffels and uh, yeah. Good. No, I think that's a good one. Get yourself in a swimming pool. This is me trying to wink. Yep. Good wink. Good wink. All right. My next one. Yep. I think this was a this was a staple of the pandemic, but I think it's going to hold over is athleisure. Get yourself some quality athleisure. Yeah. The world has changed. Yeah. You can go out in athleisure. I'm going to suggest for um, those who would like uh, clothes typically created for men, mm. I'm going to suggest Roan, R-H-O-N-E. A lot of good stuff. They got some sweaties. Do they have any Cote de Rhone? Oh! oh! No, they okay. don't have coats. No, that's not athleisure. <laughs> like, that's not athleisure. But they have, uh, you know, sweat, sweaties. They got swimwear. We sweaties? got tents. We got everything. We got everything there. Wait, is that um, is that what people call sweatpants? Sweaties? That's what they call it when they're talking about it on a podcast. Okay. All right, now back to you. 
Okay, this is very specific to this summer. Okay, great. Invite your friends over for an Olympics viewing party. I am so pumped. I am so, so pumped. Just saw the U.S. women's soccer team crush it. IRL. IRL. Yeah. Like right before they go to Tokyo. Come on, that's amazing. That's amazing. And once you're done viewing, Mm -hmm. let that viewing party spill into a 90s, 2000s hip-hop dance party. Wow, incredible. That sounds so that's amazing. Like, that's like a one-two punch. What a great idea. Okay, let's go to my next one, which you'll like. I also have Get Lobster Rolls in hey. Portland, Maine. Hey. Specifically, though, I put oh, Eventide. Oh, my God. Well, that's where I want to get oysters. Yeah, oysters incredible at Eventide. Lobster Rolls, absolutely incredible. I've never had a, a lobster roll oh, on there. Oh, it's so good. They do this, like, steamed bun. And they, it's usually like hot buttered steam bun. Stop, stop, Ooh. stop. Keep going. Absolutely stop. delicious. Amazing. There is one in Boston, actually. There's an Eventide in yeah, Boston? Yeah, so sometimes you just jet up there. Boom, Eventide. Mm, okay. But if you're okay. getting delivery of Eventide, you get yourself into trouble because- I don't want to get delivery. I wouldn't get delivery of oysters, but the lobster rolls what are you, and fries- What are you, you doing? Get. No, no, no. Well, sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes you're hankering. I, okay. Okay. Now back to you. What do you have? Oh, yeah. You should have two more. Crap. <laughs> embarrassed by this one no i just sort of had like i think i only had one more and then like a couple just like rattle off lightning round lightning yeah, r- yeah lightning <laughs> round okay okay go to celebrate brooklyn because i have missed celebrate brooklyn huge concert series in prospect park every summer free concerts i've seen so many incredible bands there over the years the roots and david Byrne, two that come to mind they were insane. And like, it's just, it's free. It's amazing. People are dancing. Like, go to a concert. Picnic blankets. Yeah. Is it better than other concerts? Yeah, because it's free. Is it also because it's close to your home? Yeah, that too. And it's outdoors. And it's just like the park comes to life. It's Prospect amazing. Prospect Park. Yeah. Have you ever been to Prospect Park? I've been there. I haven't spent as much time as you have. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, for me, for my next one, I have. Watch the movie San Andreas. <laughs> okay. Have you seen the movie San Andreas? I have not. Oh my God. Talk to me about this film. Do you know what it is? Anything about it? San Andreas is a movie with The Rock. Okay. It's a disaster movie. It came out probably like 2016 or something. How do I not know? I love The Rock. it's about the San Andreas fault. Oh, and it turns no. out to be much bigger than people think. And it's uh. just going to like go. It's going to go wild. And it is such... A ludicrous, perfect, like summer disaster movie. Oh. It's so, so over the top. Mm. And The Rock is like obviously like a medical, like helicopter pilot. Oh, and yeah. he's like instantly saving like this woman whose like car goes off a cliff and he like, you know, gets a helicopter in between these two little like tight spaces. And there's like giant, you know, uh, giant holes creating in the earth constantly. He's parachuting, he's driving boats. It's, it's absurd. But it's like it's like the perfect disaster movie. It's so fun to watch, and I feel like it just puts me in the mood for summer. Just big bowl of uh, popcorn, yeah, ready to go. I'm with you. Yeah. Well, I did have go to the movies. I I said go to the movies and see an action movie. Oh wow! On the big screen. Wow, we're very. That was like that was similar. Yeah. I didn't have a specific one in mind, but just like the lobster rolls. Right. Yeah. Like you said, Eventide, and I was like lobster rolls, and then you said San Andreas, and I said just action. Action. That's your last one. Well, then I had the the lightning round, but yeah, that was the last one. Okay. I haven't I haven't been inside a movie theater. Okay. 
yet. Um, my last one for this summer, yeah. 2021. Yeah. Hugs. They're back. I almost put hugs on. Yeah, hugs are so back right now. I almost put hugs on. Yeah, it's like we've been through a lot. If you see someone in IRL and everyone's like good to go, yeah. like it's it's hug time. We hugged. Yeah, everyone's hugging. We're huggers. I feel like it was like this moment, like no one's ever gonna shake a hand again. Like, that's <laughs> not gonna be, definitely not gonna be close to somebody. That's so true. And then it's, it's like, give me your head and put it next to my head. <laughs> Let me embrace you. <laughs> and that will be the normal way that we say hello. And that is like, ser- seriously. Like it, we, the office is like open yeah. back up, right? People yeah, can go yeah. in if they want to go in. We go in there and there's all these signs that are like, hug okay, question mark? <laughs> and everyone's just like, hey. And there's all these people we haven't met yeah. that just have been like, you know, joined yeah. Wistia in the last year. And you go up to like, can we hug? Good to see you. Yeah. We're doing this, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been, so I think hugs You're are just so back right. in a big way. I, w- I, I almost did it. I didn't, but uh, I like it. Okay. So what do you have for lightning round? Mini golf. Okay. Street meet. Block okay. parties. Those are the three. Okay. Great. That's great. Well, if we're going to go down the mini golf route, I think you have to go Oculus. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Back, walk about mini back golf. to the it's Oculus. It's so much better than real world mini golf. <sighs> street yeah. meet I'm in on, though. That sounds great. I never mess with street meet. But now you're going to. I'm going to mess with some street meet. <laughs> I'm going hard. We went to New York for an episode of Brandwagon. Yeah. And we just like, we're walking around shooting stuff in the city to, you know, get the New York footage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just get walked up to, to a street meat vendor and ordered like uh, a hot dog and started eating it. And Dan and Levine were just like, what's happening? Why are you doing this? <laughs> no, of course you, yeah. Those like boiled hot dogs. Yeah. Sabret. No. Yeah. You need Heb Nash. When in doubt. Yeah. The real stuff. The real stuff. Yeah. All right, so that was Summer oh, Sizzlers. I, oh, I, the, I had one more in the lightning round. Okay. Go to a baseball game. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Like live baseball, so fun. Have you been yet? Haven't, but I really want to go to City Field. Okay. What's your favorite stadium? Fenway. Oh, God. I think I just died inside. Okay. Okay, Never, great. never come back here. <laughs> Wrap it up. <laughs> Well, Sylvie, we did it. We did it. We did it. We recorded it IRL. IRL. We we got real, then we sizzled. Yep. All in the kitch. All in the kitch. That's the sitch. I can't believe I said <laughs> oh, that. God. I hate it. I hate it. But you know what that usually signifies? That it's time to end the show. Time to wrap it up. Time, time to, to wrap it up. Time to wrap it up. Yeah. Well, yes. Thank you to all of our listeners and thank anyone you. who viewed the show today very exciting yep. that you got to see a little bit of how the old sausage is made <laughs> the talking too loud sausage oh my God. Yep. <laughs> grilled to perfection for your summer enjoyment um and we just want to say if you have feedback for us please email us at ttlpod at wistia.com you can also like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts we'd love your likes and your subscriptions we love all of them. Love it. And we have a lot of other amazing content coming out right now. Show Business just came out. 20 video series about everything from the conceptualizing to constructing to promoting a show. A Better Workplace is out. Our podcast about diversity, equity, inclusion. And we have much more coming soon. So go to Wistia.com to check out all the other great content coming out from Wistia. Sylvie, this is fun. It was really fun to do this. It was really fun. Thanks, thanks for coming up here. Thanks for taking this heroin Anytime. Train ride. Okay. I mean, I'm going to live at your pool. So. Okay, great. 
I know that's why you brought that large back. <laughs> Talking Too Loud is brought to you by Wistia. Hosted by Chris Savage. Produced by me, Sylvie Lubau, along with Adam Day. Executive produced by Wistia Studios. This episode was mixed by Maria Passingham of Edit Audio. Listen to Talking Too Loud wherever you listen to podcasts. And hey, rate and review us wherever you listen. And check out more content from Wistia Studios at wistia.com.